in days on with Aleph. How to nourish growth and productivity. Nourishing growth and productivity is an idea that applies not only in business, it applies throughout life. We're about growth and productivity, making a difference, making a contribution, growing and developing ourselves and our families. And we'll see how this idea applies in in, in both the personal area and in the in the work area. The, uh, and this is a, a piece of Gomorrah that, that's different to the uh, most of what we've had over the last few weeks. Gitin has just been such a beautiful mesechta in, in, in the lomdus of the, of the mesechta and the technical and Talmudic understanding of the mesechta apart from the beautiful ideas that we've developed. And I realize that there are people who, particularly people who are listening in, who don't necessarily have the Talmudic background to, to get the full understanding of some of the technical things we've been learning. And uh, so I just want to take this opportunity to thank you and to congratulate you for staying in it and, and getting what you can out of it and, and becoming aware of how many different ideas every single day, another page of the Gomorrah, what emerges from that, and to see it emerging from the pre- pages and the ideas of the Gomorrah. But today's a bit of a reward. You can take it easy uh, because today... There's not that much technical understanding that we need. It's just a beautiful uh, concept that develops from a statement of Rabbi Yossi. The statement of Rabbi Yossi first appears in Gemara Shabbos, on Dav Kuf Yudches, where Rabbi Yossi says, I've never called my wife, wife, and I've never called my ox, ox. I call my wife, my home. And I call my ox, my my field. That's what Rabbi Yossi says, among many other things that Rabbi Yossi says on that daf in, in Shabbos on daf Kuf Yod Ches. And Rashi says, the Ishti Beiti, why do I call my wife my home? She, he, ikar shel bayit. she is the, 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 the main part of the home. She is the foundation of the home. More than a foundation, Ikar comes from the word root. Lakor means to uproot. So Ikar is, is not just, we have different words in, in Hebrew, in Lashon HaKodesh, for the main component. We've got Rosh, and we've got Chashuv, and we've got Yesod. Uh, ikar means she's the root of it. The home draws its nourishment from her. Ulishori Sadishi, hu Ikar shel Sadeh. And for a field, the ox is the is the the nourishment of the field. Dichtiv and Rashi brings a, a proof of that from, uh, from Mishle. It doesn't bring a proof for the home, that's obvious. Uh, the, for, the, for the field as to what the real soul of the field is. What is the machine that drives the field and makes it productive? That's the ox. Now, the interesting thing is this is not just a statement of Agadita. What we see in Gitin is the application of Rabbi Yossi's statement to a technical halachic principle. The principle revolves around what an apotropos can and cannot do. So we're talking about a situation where there are orphans that have been left in a state, and the based in appoints an apotropos, a guardian, who has the, the adult authority to manage the estate on behalf of the orphans. But there's some very strict guardrails as to what the uh, these guardians can and cannot do this. Some very strict principles of governance. One of them is that One of the principles we have on our DAF is that the guardian is not permitted to sell a field in order to buy a slave. So you're looking at the slave, is you're hiring human labor, the field is the employment of capital, and you can't liquidate the capital to hire labor on behalf of the of the of the uh, yatomim. 
However, there was an Apotrupus who was in the community of Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. He used to, his practice was, this guardian's practice was, he used to sell land, he used to liquidate capital in order to buy oxen. And Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi never said anything to him about it. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi passively allowed that to take place. Why? The reason, Rabbi Yeshua bin Levi's reason was he agreed with Rabbi Yossi's principle. So here we see Rabbi Yossi's principle not only as a kind of a life motto, but as a principle in halacha. brings the Gemara from Shabbos, where Rabbi Yossi says that the essence of the field, the important part of the field is the shor. And the Rambam paskins that l'halacha, ein mochrim u'menichim amot ve'ein mochrim sadot likach avadim ve'lo avadim likach sadot shem lo yatzliach. You can't buy slaves with by liquidating property. You can't liquidate property to buy slaves. Ava mochrim tzadeh likach shvarim, but you are allowed to liquidate property in order to buy oxen. But the Rambam adds something very important. Avodat sadot acherot shashvarim ein ikar kondichsei sadot. Provided you've got other fields, you can't take all the fields of the Yatomim, of the orphans, and sell them to buy oxen, what is the what is the orphan going to do with a, a whole lot of oxen and no fields? But if you've got a, many fields and you sell some of the fields that you've got oxen to plow the other fields, that's okay, the Rambam adds in. The Tur says the same thing, La'avod Sha'ara Sadot, and the Beis Yosef explains, Dim Lokhen, where does this come from? Where does the Rambam get it from? All we see in the Gemara is you're allowed to sell fields to buy oxen. Says the Beis Yosef, It's logical. If the principle is that the shvarim, the oxen, are more important than the land because they create productivity from the land, you need land as well. You can't exchange land for oxen and have no land left. You've got to have the land in which the oxen can work, explains the, the, the Beis Yosef. And the Beis Yosef, who, as you know, is the author of the Shulchan Aruch, later writes in the Shulchan Aruch itself, You cannot sell um, fields to buy slaves but you can sell a field to buy oxen to work other fields which you have retained on behalf of the of the Yatomim that you can do because oxen are the the foundation of all the properties that the that the Yatomim have you have to have oxen in order to to work the fields so what what's the big what's the big kasha? Anybody got an idea? What's the big kasha? What's the, the problem with the sugya? You're not used to me throwing the question at you. Usually you rely on me to give you the question and the answer. What's the what's the issue in this in the sugya? The issue is, and what about slaves? Why can't he use slaves to work the field? Why can't he sell the field? And if he's got oxen and he's got uh, and, and he's got fields, but he wants slaves as well. Why can't he sell some of the fields and get a, a workforce, get some, get some workers, some employees involved as well? Why is the shore so important to a field, but not the Evid? What, what is the difference between the shore and the Evid? And here we come to the essence of the role of humanity and labor in, in productivity. Because we tend to think, we have tended to think until very recently, that you need, you need capital, correct, you need labor, and you need intellect uh, in, order to, in order to create a business. And we've assumed that the, that the source of labor is 
human beings, human labor. That's what we thought of. We're living in a different world now. So to understand this Gemara well, we've got to think of labor as technology. If you want to understand this Gemara in, in terms of today's world, labor is technology. The shore is technology. The shore is a machine that you can program and you can put to work. Without the labor, whether it's technology or, or human labor, but let's, let's talk about technology. Without the application of technology to the capital, the capital lies fallow. You can't do anything about it. So is it okay for the upper troopers to sell property and liquidate so as to be able to invest in technology, to be able to make the balance of the capital productive? Absolutely, yes. No problem. The problem with the sugi is, and why not, why, why not invest in management as well? Why can you only invest in technology? Why not invest in, 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 in the management? So what's important is to understand this, Kamara, we've got to understand the principle we have in Kabbalah. It's a principle in, in philosophy as well from the time of Aristotle. It's not unique to, to the Torah, but certainly in Torah we, we use it a lot. The Kuzri talks about it. Uh, later on the Arizal talks about it. The Balatanya talks about the The model of the world is broken down into domain, which is inorganic material. Someach, which is organic material, chai, which is animal, and medaber, which is human. The four dimensions of what, what makes up the world. And we think of those dimensions in many areas, not just in understanding the material from which the world is made up, but even within the human being itself and within society, we, we deal with these four dimensions. If we understand it that way, then a field is domain, a field is inorganic. The... The shore is the ox. The technology or the shore is the, is the ox. That's the organic, that, that is the, the, the chai, the, the living part of the field. And the medaber, that's the human being, the owner of the field. And the tzomeach is the outcome. The, the result of all that is you've got smicha, that creates growth. How do you create growth in a field? You can't just leave a field, it will grow weeds. If you want a, a field to grow productively, it needs the application of technology or labor and it needs the application, and it needs the direction of, of a human being, an owner that, that sets a strategy. I'm going to use this field to grow meat, wheat. I'm going to use this field to grow corn. He decides, he looks at the markets, he sees what the supply and demand is, and he makes strategic decisions. The ox can't do that. But once he's made those strategic decisions, then he leaves it to the ox. He programs the ox. The ox applies its efforts, its labor to the field, and the field produces growth. That's how it works. Now, what about the slave? There's an unbelievable Kiddush and such an important Yesod in this Gemara, in this Sugya, in the very difficulty. Why can't you sell field to buy slaves? Because the role of a slave is not labor. The role of a slave, a slave is a medaber. A slave is not a chai. Even if, even if he's a slave, even if he's an Evid Klani, he's a medaber. The role of a medaber is intellect. The role of a medaber, of, of a human being, the role of a human being is to set direction, to think strategically, to set a vision. That's what the human being does. It's degrading to require a human being to do that which animals can do. In the, in the early 80s, in the South African mining industry, they were busy mechanizing to, at quite a rapid rate. And they got an enormous amount of resistance, as you can imagine, from the labor unions who were afraid that mechanization would put them out of work. Very much as today, people are afraid that robotics will put them out of the work. It's like a reliving of the same thing. And uh, we were asked to intervene and to help um, labor unions make the transition of understanding the value to them, too, of mechanizing. And one of the things I taught them at that time, and they embraced it, was to ask a human to do that which a machine can do 
is undignified. To ask a human to do that which an ox can do is undignified. And there's an evolution of humanity. So there was a time when humans had to do certain labor because there weren't machines to do it. And then there came machines. Now that the same labor which was dignified last year is undignified today because we've got machines. And the same labor which was dignified five years ago is not dignified today because we've got artificial intelligence. To ask my employees to do that which ChatGPT can do quicker and better, it's undignified to ask them to do it. I've got to train them to do things that ChatGPT cannot do. That's the role. To, to use an Evid as a shore, that you're not allowed to do. A, a, a field needs shvarim, it doesn't need avadim. And if there are avadim, if there are human servants, if there are human employees, their role is not to work the field. They should employ technology or they should employ animals to work the field. Their job is not labor. The human being's contribution to the world is not labor. The human being's contribution to the world is intellect and direction and the use of labor and the application of labor and the design of labor and technology. That's what humans do. Not the work, not the, the labor as such. The... Um, the same applies in the home. It's a, it's a little different, but you've got the same idea of a medaber, a chai, a doimem, and a tzomeach, and a doimem. So what is it in the home? There are different roles in the home as well. And of course, today, this transition and the roles of men and women are changing and leaving, or that's not the subject of the shir. But just let's look at it in its classical sense. There's the role of the father. And the role of the father is to set vision and to set direction and values for the home. But then comes the chai. That, that's the medaber. He communicates. This is where we are as a home. This is where we're going. This is where we're going to develop our home and our family. And this is the schools, the type of schools. And he needs to co-opt his wife into that so there's a partnership. But it's his responsibility to set, to set that derech. He's learning Torah. He's got access to the chachomim of the time and he sets that derech. The wife is the chai. She gives life to it. Without that, it, it's, it's a robot. It's just a piece of technology. It's she that executes. It's, it's she that makes it real. It's she that, gi that gives life force to it. I don't call my wife. I call her BT. She is my home. She converts a house into a home. I don't do it. I'm sitting in yeshiva. I'm sitting at my office and I'm thinking strategically and vision for long term and where we're going to be in 10 years time. That doesn't give life to a home. She gives life to the home. I call her Beiti. I want to always remember that, that she is the life force of the home, just as the ox is the life force of the, uh, of the field, as the software is the life, life, is the life force of the hardware. Without software, what is a computer? It's nothing. The, the, the brilliance is in the software. The shore is the software. And, and in the home, the software of the home is the wife. She programs the home. She makes the home come alive. She makes the home work. The result of that is that what was a house, which is domain, which is inorganic, becomes tzomech. It becomes a place of growth and a place of vitality and a place of development because you've got the correct balance of the other three. When the medaber and the chai and the domain are correctly blended and balanced, the result of that is tzmicha, the result of that is, is growth. And so we see buried in the Gemara, this matmon, this treasure, that yes, sure is the life force of, of a field, but don't make a human being do the work of a shore, even if the human being's an avid. The human role in the field is completely different, and it's only to, to, to buy shivarim that the apotropus, the guardian, is permitted to use the assets of the yatom, of the orphan, in order to grow his estate and the value of his business. Mm -hmm.